This is a Willits Point Shea Stadium bound 7 express train. The next and last stop is Willits Point Shea Stadium. Welcome to the Subway to Shea podcast. Anthony Rivera here with you to discuss all the news and happenings surrounding the team from Queens, the New York Mets. Welcome to the show. You can follow us on Twitter at Subway to Shea. You can listen to the show on Anchor.fm, also Spotify, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, Breaker, Pocket Casts, and now the big one, Apple Podcasts. So subscribe there as well if you'd like. I know a lot of people have Apple Podcasts, and you can subscribe and listen to the show on there as well as the other platforms that are out there. And I gotta start the show off apologizing to each and every one of you for not doing a show last week. Now, the reason for not doing the show all of last week was because I was waiting for something to happen during the winter meetings. Some signing of some sort, maybe we get a general manager, maybe we get McCann, that was the big talk all week. How close are we to James McCann? We're very close, not close enough. The Angels are in on it, maybe the Phillies might get in on it if they don't want Real Muto anymore. But all week, it was pretty much quiet. And not just for the Mets, this is for every team. Not much went down. And I know when I did my last show, the day after I posted it, Trevor May signed with the Mets. And I was like, I need to kind of wait and see what happens all week so that I can get this show out to you and discuss any of the big signings that may happen. And nothing happened all week. Nothing. It was a cold, cold, cold winter meetings. And then on Saturday... When I was getting ready to start recording, boom, things just started falling into place for the New York Mets. First off, can we just talk real quickly? This happened early Saturday. I know there was an event for the season ticket holders where they were picking up their bobbleheads. I think it was a DeGrom bobblehead, and I think it was a Pete Alonzo bobblehead. But the people delivering these bobbleheads to the cars as cars were passing by were none other than Steve and his wife, Alex Cohen, the owners of the New York Mets. Greeting season ticket holders. I don't remember the last time seeing the Wilpons talking to fans at all. Do you remember the last time that happened while under their ownership? I don't. Seeing Steve and Alex out there, just like one of us, just like the fan. Because they are fans. And then you hear Steve talking about how great New York Mets fans are. They're the best fans in the world. It kind of makes you feel really good to be a Mets fan. And seeing that they're so interactive on Twitter and with their charities. And seeing them interact with the fans at this event on Saturday. I mean, what more can you ask for from the two of them? This is going to be a fun ownership. At least it's starting off as a fun ownership. But that wasn't the big news of the day. 
Finally, the first piece of free agency fell into place, and the Mets took a check mark to one of the positions of need, and that was catcher. The Mets signed James McCann, four years, 40 million plus, to be catcher in Queens. And I know people are, they either are for this trade or they're against this trade because they wanted JT Realmuto. But I'm telling you right now, I think this is a good deal. Four years, 40 plus mil, you're averaging 10, 10 plus each year over the next four years. Number one. It gives the Mets flexibility this season and beyond. The Mets are not done yet. They need a center fielder. They need starting pitching. And they can add on to the bullpen as well if they wanted to. And they can do that because of this signing right here. We all know that if the Mets sign JT Realmuto, he was going to be asking for King's Ransom, especially since... We know he didn't want to come here. He stated he didn't want to come here. So he would have driven up his price for the Mets and either signed with them as the highest paid catcher maybe of all time. Or maybe he would have fleeced them and just went back to the Phillies or to some other team. But I I got that feeling that JT really didn't want to be here. And if he doesn't want to be here, I don't want him here. And I know a lot of Met fans don't want him here either, if he's going to be like that, right? Let's get into James McCann here. Last year, 31 games, batted 289, 7 home runs, 15 RBIs. Career stats, he's a 249 hitter, 65 home runs, and 252 RBIs. Now, this contract that he got was definitely for the last two years, as his numbers continue to trend upward in offense. And he has vastly improved defensively, especially with his pitch framing. Now, that is very important, especially after what we went through with Wilson Ramos the last year. It was a short sample size, 60 games. But I was always worried that he was going to frame terribly or that he was going to let a ball go to the backstop. He also could not tag a player out at the plate. So many games, I feel like, runs were given up a lot due to Wilson Ramos. He had a good 2019, but 2020 was awful. And I'm just glad we're moving in another direction. Especially when you have the best pitcher in baseball. You need to have a catcher that can command this rotation. And I think James McCann is the guy to do it. Now, what does this mean moving forward? I mentioned it earlier. JT Muto's market is probably destined to skyrocket. I mean, if James McCann got four years, 40 million, Rio Muto is going to get a ton of money. But the good thing for us is, will this keep him in Philly? We've heard of the struggles with the Philadelphia payroll, especially after what happened in 2020. All the teams are suffering right now. But is Philly suffering? Are they not suffering? What's going on here? They brought in uh, Dave Dombrowski to be the president of baseball operations. And he helped the Red Sox win the World Series in 2018. So will he be able to spend the money 
that the Phillies need to win in this division? Because JT is going to be asking for a lot of money. If the Phillies are as broke as it's been claimed, and we can get JT Riomuto out of this division, it's a win-win. It's a win-win for the Mets. Also, the Mets have flexibility. Like I said before, they have flexibility to add to this roster here. Springer, Bauer, maybe Liam Hendricks, maybe Brad Hand. Who knows? Maybe they even try to go after that second baseman that plays in the Bronx. You never know. I know Steve Cohen's not going to spend like a drunken sailor, but he's going to make the right moves. And he's not done yet. He's not done yet. What flexibility this also gives us, not only this season, but moving forward, because the contracts of Michael Conforto and Noah Syndergaard are almost over, and they're going to need to be extended. Conforto, no doubt, needs to be extended. Syndergaard, we're going to have to wait a little bit, see how he comes back from Tommy John to make that decision. But at his best, he's an ace himself. He proved that. In 2016, 2017, he's got the stuff. Will the Mets want to put more money into him? Or are they going to sign a Trevor Bauer, a Jake Odorizzi? and round out the rotation this year, maybe even a Masahiro Tanaka. But the Mets now have flexibility this season and going forward. And that's something you could never say about them in the past. This is quite a time to be a Mets fan right now. It really is. Now, what this also does is in four years, when the Mets stud prospect Francisco Alvarez is ready, James McCann can groom him. James McCann can groom Francisco Alvarez to be the starting catcher. So a lot of things are coming through with this signing here. A lot of things are coming to fruition with this signing right here. It opens up so many possibilities. And that's all you can ask for when it comes to the Mets. You don't want this team to be stuck with certain contracts. You don't want this team to be financially strapped and you don't want this team not to have a farm system and we are trending in the opposite direction in a positive direction now which can only get better year to year because the Mets want to be like the East Coast Dodgers you'd want them to be like the Cardinals you want them in the playoffs every year with the opportunity to possibly win a World Series and under Steve Cohen I believe that they will Now, a couple of uh, teammates of James McCann are very excited. Marcus Stroman on Twitter said, Beyond excited to work with James McCann, I've heard nothing but unbelievable things about him as a player and a person. Guy rakes at the dish and is always locked in behind the plate. Welcome to New York, my man. Also, Jeff McNeil, who played with him when they were younger, also get a shout out for James McCann as well. And the Mets... We're not done Saturday. You would think after getting a free agent catcher, one of the top prizes in this year's free agent class, you'd think they would be done for the day. No, no, no. No, no, no. It was time to bring in the general manager. And his name? 
Jared Porter. Jared Porter named the 14th general manager in Mets history. Porter comes from the Arizona Diamondbacks, where he was the assistant general manager. And if you want to learn more about Jared Porter, because I know I heard about him throughout this whole process, but he wasn't the big name that I was thinking of at the time. But if you want to learn more about him and what he is all about and his philosophy in baseball, you got to listen to Mark Feinstein's podcast for the MLB called Executive Access. They did an interview and it is a good look into what we could expect with Jared Porter going forward. He signed for four years, so we're going to have him through 2024 and hopefully possibly longer. All over Twitter, nothing but good things has been said about Jared Porter, whether it's through colleagues or the reporters. He has a good resume. He's a part of the Theo Epstein tree, and he was there with Theo when the Red Sox won all three of their world championships in the beginning of the 2000s and 2013 as well. And he moved with Theo to Chicago, and, you know, they helped break the curse of the Billy Goat and won a World Series there. Four World Series titles. Unbelievable. A lot of people said he's the new up-and-coming general manager. And this is a only a positive move for the Mets going forward, leaving behind the agent that Jeff Wilpon thought would be a great move. It was a cheap move. It was a lazy move. And it was a move without thought, bringing in Brody Van Wagenen. But now... This move here, Jared Porter, is a win-win. John Morosi on Twitter, he's worked in scouting player development and player personnel, so we're getting the best of all worlds with him. Joel Sherman wrote, Reputation as personable, hardworking, scout at heart, who knows analytics and is not afraid to make decisions. That's the big key right there. A scout at heart who knows analytics because the Mets we're so far behind in analytics for so long with the cheap Wilpons not investing enough. And now we can put together a good analytics staff and be right up there with the Rays and the Dodgers and the Yankees. It's something that's been needed for a long time. And it's something that I welcome and I'm happy to see the Mets take care of now. As I said earlier, during the week, the Phillies hired Dave Dombrowski, who also worked under the Red Sox in 2018 to help them win the World Series. I know a lot of Mets fans were worried about this signing, but we shouldn't be worried about this. His philosophy didn't go with what Steve wanted and what Sandy wanted. He's a win-now guy, so he's going to look to spend money right away. How is he going to spend if the Phillies are broke? Are they broke? That's the thing. We don't know. Are they going to be able to retain JT Riomuto? And if they do so, how much money are they going to be able to spend when they have the big contracts of Zach Wheeler and they have the big contract of Bryce Harper? How much more can they possibly be able to spend to make this team good? Dombrowski's not afraid to make a big trade, but the Mets don't have a farm system right now enough to trade and look at what some of his trades has done he's made some big trades he's traded for Miguel Cabrera Max Scherzer David Price Chris Sale 
But look at what those trades did to the teams after that. The Mets want sustained success. And Dave Dombrowski doesn't have that track record. He'll get them to the World Series, and I want to win a World Series more than anyone else. But I'd like to see this team finally be competitive every year. I don't want two or three years, maybe making the playoffs, falling short, making it one year, losing in the playoffs, losing in the World Series, and then they're done. I want sustained success like the Dodgers have, like the Yankees have. I want to be in the playoffs every year because that gives you more of an opportunity to win a World Series. The Mets are not looking to give out big contracts and trade the farm away. It's not time for that yet. They're still building. They're still building. And although he, he took the Tigers to the World Series in 06 and 2012, like I said, he won with the Red Sox in 2018, and he also won with the Marlins in 97. But look at what happened to those teams. Do you see sustained success? All the sustained success that the Red Sox had, that was under Theo Epstein. Guess who worked under Theo Epstein? Jared Porter. So I think the Mets went in the right direction. And I think we can see a new era when it comes to the front office for the New York Mets. Not to be outdone, on Sunday, the Mets hired Dave Jouse to be their bench coach. He's going to take over for Henry Mullins, who only was with us for one year. But originally, Henry was supposed to be with the Mets under Carlos Beltran. And once Beltran got fired, they kept the whole staff because how are you going to replace everyone as well as your manager? So Luis Rojas is going to be able to have Dave Jouse as his bench coach. We all know him as bench coach of the Mets in 2010. He worked with Jerry Manuel at the time. Then he moved to the front office in 2011 and a year later left to go to the Pirates, worked there till 2019, and has been the Yankees scout this past year. So welcome Dave Jouse. Welcome back to the New York Mets. Some notes before we go off the air, some Mets notes that I have here. I never really got to give my reaction to the Trevor May signing. Two years, 15.5 mil, 2020, last year, he was 1-0 with a 3.86 ERA, 38 Ks through 24 games. His career record, 23-21, 4.44 ERA. I think this is a good signing, a really good signing. We need to add more arms to the bullpen. And he seems like that guy that's just going to make it work. His personality, his character, if you saw the press conference, he said all the right things. And I look forward to seeing him in the bullpen next year. Mets also signed Jerry Blevins. He's returning on a minor league deal. But we need lefty depth in the bullpen. The Mets have not resigned Justin Wilson. I don't know if they're ever going to do that. They non-tendered Chasen Shreve. But he could return. We don't know if they're going to offer him a contract. So bringing in Jerry Blevins. Not only a positive for the minor leagues to have depth there but to put depth in our bullpen. Trevor May, Jerry Blevins. Jerry had a great career with the Mets. 14-4 and four with a 3.38 ERA. Pretty solid out of the bullpen. They also signed side armor Trevor Hildenberger to a minor league deal. So he'll try to get things straight in the minor leagues and maybe hopefully join the bullpen. 
We need the arms, like I said. He didn't play in 2020. He was signed by the Red Sox, but didn't make the roster. His career stats, 9-11 and 11 with a 5.35 ERA. And I know what you're saying. We need to start getting pitchers that have under 5, under 4 ERA. But you never know. Bullpen arms, they fluctuate year to year. There's never, unless you're Mariano Rivera, and he's a Hall of Famer. How many bullpen arms have succeeded for so long and have not struggled? There's been so many. It's hard to sign these relievers, and it's hard to trade for them when you don't know how they're going to react year to year. So by just getting these arms, Trevor May, Jerry Blevins, Trevor Hildenberger, they are adding to the depth that is needed for this team. We were dry for a while. We struggled last year. Hopefully this year we won't. Also last week, the Mets tendered Steven Matz and Robert Gazelman. I had a feeling Steven Matz was going to return, but Gazelman, I thought after the Trevor May signing, I thought Gazelman was definitely not going to return. But he's coming back, another bullpen arm, and he has an option to the minor leagues. So they're going to take another chance. And I don't blame him. I don't blame him at all. Now, the Rule 5 draft took place. And I'm going to be honest with you. I don't really pay too close attention to the Rule 5 draft. But I do know from reading everything that I've read online, Anthony DeComo and all the guys covering this draft, that the Mets really did replenish the Miners. And that's a good thing. Like I said, if we're going to be making trades, we need to have these teams set, ready to go to bring players to the majors. And if we don't have enough of those guys, we're not going to be able to make any trades if you want a Francisco Lindor, or if you want Nolan Arenado, or if you want Blake Schnell. We're not going to be able to get these guys if we don't have anyone in the minors. Now, usually the Rule 5 draft players don't, become superstars there are exceptions so it's good to have these guys on the minor league team and ready to go just in case of an injury or trade or anything check out anthony DiComo's article on who the mets got in the rule five draft definitely very in-depth and definitely a must read if you want to know about a lot of those players that the Mets got and the, a lot of the players that the Mets lost. Now, before I get off the air, I got to give a shout out to the only infamous T.O.L. On Twitter at one infamous T.O.L. He's been on point all week. I keep getting tagged in his videos. He's been posting, uh, I think it's on Periscope on Twitter. But he's been tagging me on these videos. I've been watching them. And I got to say, kudos to you, man. Kudos to you. He's been dropping truth bombs all over Twitter. Trying to keep the faith, I guess. Trying to get Mets fans to understand. This is a process that's going to happen this year. We need to not get upset. And we can't get angry and be irrational when moves happen. Let everything play out. I said it in the last episode. We have to let 
this play out. And look what happened. We got a top high executive, Jared Porter, as our general manager. By just letting the process take its place, letting them do the interviews, letting them figure out who it is that they really wanted. And he's one of them. Jared was one of the people that they wanted, and they got him. The Mets got James McCann. That's the catcher that they wanted. And it gives them the opportunity, it gives them the flexibility to go out and get other players this season. And that's all you can ask for. And infamous T.O. Al, he was just throwing truth bombs and, and telling people to relax. I'm right there with you, buddy. I think a lot of Met fans need to calm down. Now, not every Met fan is like this, but there are some Met fans that are freaking out. There's nothing to freak out about. No one has signed anywhere. The Mets got the first big free agent. They can't sign everyone in one day. And they're not going to sign every free agent. Just relax and let the process take its course. I thank you so much for listening to this episode today. And I hope to continue to see a lot more of you listening to the show. You can follow me on Twitter at Subway to Shea. And you can listen to the show on Anchor.fm, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, Breaker, Pocket Cast, and now Apple Podcasts. And if you are listening on Apple Podcasts, make sure you subscribe. You've been listening to the Subway to Shea podcast. I'll see you next week. Hopefully, we get a couple more players. Maybe Springer, maybe Bauer. We'll see. Talk to you guys next week.